Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, words in season. Happy birthday to you and many more. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Words in Season podcast. Welcome to episode one of season four. And remember that every time that you open the word of God, that Jesus has a word in season for you. So I want to say thank you for all those who listen, who share on their social media, who open the word of God with me. And this is episode one of season four. Just wanted to remind you that you can find more episodes on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts. You can also find it on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. This week, I want to talk about the shallow's end. The end of the shallow. Living a Christian life, it's like taking, it's following step by step the plan of God. And he's taking us deeper and deeper into the things that he has for us. He doesn't want us to just stay in the shallow end. He wants us to be just completely covered, completely going head first, diving into the deep end. But a lot of times that's scary. So he takes us like a loving heavenly father, step by step. He takes us into his word. He shows us with his spirit. So this is the shallow's end. I don't want my Christianity, I don't want my walk with the Lord to be shallow for the rest of my life. But I wanna see what will be helpful to me. What things and what principles from his word can I study and can I put into practice and attributes of God and attributes of Jesus that I can see and that I can follow so that I can go deeper with him. So this is the shallow's end. So the foundational scripture for this series is going to be Ephesians 3:18 and Philippians 1, 9 through 11. Ephesians 3 and 8 verse 18 says, it says, so that Christ would dwell in your heart through faith and I pray that you would be rooted and established in love. And may you have the power together with all the, the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, and how high, and how deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you would be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. So there is a deepness in God that really my heart is craving. In Ecclesiastes 3.11, it says that God has placed eternity in our hearts. There's a, there's a hole there. There's a need for something eternal. And what is that? It is the love of God. So it is the depth of the love of God that we're studying here. And then in Philippians, the second foundational scripture, Philippians 1 and verse 9, it, and this is saying, that this is my prayer that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. So I pray that as we go through this series and as we go through these scriptures that we have a depth of understanding, a depth of insight into the depth of knowing the love of God. 
So how can I know something? How can I know the depth of something when I can't see it, when I can't feel it, when I can't measure it with man-made tools? I can't measure and say, the love of God weighs 48 pounds. I can't touch the love of God. I, I can't see it with my natural eyes. So how do I measure it? So the first thing that I wanna talk about is despair. Being completely hopeless. Now this isn't despair in a human way of all hope is gone and I'll never amount to anything. It's not a negative or toxic, but I'm talking about an appropriate despair. A despair that we see in the Bible where all the characters in the Bible, the heroes of faith that we talk about, including Jesus Christ himself, that they lost all hope in themselves. And you may think, well, what about Jesus? He did not hope in his own humanity. He came as a human. He came as all God and all man in humanity so that he could identify with the creation, with us, so that he could take, he could be that sinless sacrifice for us. So how can I know the depth of something that I cannot see or feel or measure with man-made tools? Number one, appropriate despair despair of myself not having hope in myself not having hope in others and again it's not toxic it's not a disregard or disdain of other people but it's a belief that i am not alone in this i cannot walk out the christian life by myself with myself it's hopeless but with him there is hope in ephesians 2 and verse 11 it says therefore remember that formerly you who are gentiles by birth call themselves uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision which is done in the body by human hands but remember at that time you were separate from christ excluded from citizenship in israel and foreigners to the covenant of the promise without hope and without god but now in christ jesus you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Jesus for he himself is our peace it did not say that you have been brought near by your good works or your church attendance or you're just a good person it says that by the blood of Jesus now we have hope so the first thing that gives me hope is despair and you may think what are you saying Kara despair in your own ability despair in your own ab ability to, to make money your own ability to create your own ability to save people your own ability to heal people your own ability to have anything good in this life because all good things and all perfect gifts come from him so the way that I can know the depth of something that I can leave that shallows end. I can leave, I can take one step forward from the shallow, shallows end and I'm going to the deeper things of God is remembering that it's Christ who is all sufficient and remembering without him, I can do nothing. And that's a good place to be. So number one in this series is an appropriate despair, not hoping in myself. The less I rely on myself, the greater room or the greater capacity that I have for him to take the lead in my life. Appropriate despair in my own strength, in my own ability, or my dependence on other people or what they can do for me. 
will empower me to rest in the finish work of Christ and you may say okay so what is the finished work of Christ when Jesus hung on the Christ on the cross when he died he said it is finished and what did that mean it it means that Jesus died it means that he was buried that he was resurrected and when he came back and he appeared to the disciples again after that he ascended to heaven and we believe as Christians he is returning so there's an appropriate despair in my own strength or my own ability and my dependence on others it will empower me to rest in that finished work i can see in in despairing in my own strength it frees me up it frees me up in my thinking it frees me up in my finances it frees me up in my daily life knowing that it, it just frees me from anxiety. It frees me from carrying the burden of life. It, you know, sometimes it feels like I'm the only one that cares about people or I feel like I'm carrying the load of the world. No, you're not. You're not supposed to. I'm not supposed to. We are supposed to be living out this life empowered by the despair, knowing that it's not me but it's Christ in me now, who is the hope of glory on the earth. It's no longer I that lives, but Christ that lives in me. And because Christ lives in me, he's taking my hand, he's upholding me, like it says in Isaiah, he's taking me by the right hand and he's leading me from the shallow things into the deeper things of God. So without him, I have no hope, but with him, I have every reason to hope. And we can look at this, these examples of Jesus Christ. And in Matthew 26, 41, it says how he did not even hope and did not rely in his own humanity. He came as all God and he came as all man. And he came and he suffered and he died. But yet he did not rely on his flesh, on his humanity. In the garden we saw him pray and he said watch and pray that you will not fall into temptation for the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak so it's the flesh it's this humanness that jesus did not rely on so i should not rely on jesus relied on the holy spirit that anointed him when he was baptized to lead and guide him even though he was all God and all man. He laid aside, he laid aside his divinity to walk as a man, empowered by the Holy Spirit to be our example. Jesus despaired in his own humanity to be our example that we can be empowered to walk just like Jesus in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. He was our example that we can follow. And then also, Jesus did not rely on others and he did not hold grudges with others who were supposed to be there for him. And not only that, he didn't just not hold grudges, he forgave them. He did not hope in people, natural people. And Matthew 26 is the story of being in the garden before his betrayal and his, his trial and then his crucifixion. This is the story about Peter one of his disciples, his close disciples. And it says in Matthew 26, 33, Peter replied, even if I'll fall away on account of you, I will never. 
Truly I tell you, Jesus answered, this very night before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. But Peter declared, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the disciples said the same. And that was their heart. But again, Jesus said in a few verses later, it is the spirit that is willing, but it's the flesh that is weak. That's why I am despairing. I am not counting on my flesh to be there for me or my flesh to tell me, yes, get up. It's time to pray. It's the spirit that's going to empower me to tell my flesh what it's going to do. So if Jesus did not rely on his own humanity, I'm not going to rely on my own humanity. And if Jesus, he did not rely on people just to, to be there for him, those who should have been there, he didn't hold grudges and he forgave, so will I. So the story continues in uh, Matthew 26 and 69. After Jesus was arrested and he was being tried by the high priest, Peter disowns Jesus. Now Peter was sitting outside of the courtyard and a servant girl came to him. You were also with Jesus of Galilee, she said, but he denied it all before them. I don't know what you're talking about, Peter said. And then he went out to the gateway where another servant girl saw him and said to the people there, this fellow has been with Jesus of Nazareth. And he denied it again with an oath. I do not know the man. And after a little while, those standing there went up to Peter and said, Surely you are one of them. Your accent gives you away. And then he began to call down curses. And he swore, I don't know the man. And immediately the rooster crowed. And then Peter remembered the word that Jesus had spoken. Before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. So it is the flesh that we despair in, that we have no hope in. It says that before the promise was revealed in Jesus Christ, we as Gentiles, we were disowned. We were in a world without hope and a world without God. We were despairing. But now, because Jesus has come, we're not despairing in God and being despairing, being separated from him, but now we have the ability to say, I'm not hoping in myself. There's an appropriate despair where I am saying there's no hope in myself, but my hope is in God. And even if people leave me, and even if people betray me, and if people, even if the people that are supposed to be there and say they're gonna be there are, are, aren't there for me when I need them and, or betray me with their words, even though I can say they didn't mean it, they didn't mean it. They're human just like me and they made a mistake. And not only do I have the ability to not hold a grudge, but I have the ability because Jesus forgave them and Jesus lives in me, that now I have the ability to forgive. So going on in Mark 16, this is when Jesus was resurrected in Mark 16, seven, it says, but go and tell the disciples and Peter, this is the angel telling the people who went to the tomb he's risen he is not there see the place where you have laid them but go and tell his disciples and peter specifically says peter he is going ahead of you talking about jesus and there you will see him just as he has told you in the bible it's recorded that the words of the angel the announcement that what jesus said it came to pass it specifically lists Peter because Jesus, because God did not hold a grudge against those who were supposed to be there for him. But God forgave 
Peter. And then in John 21, John 21, this is at, right before Jesus ascended into heaven as he spent time with his disciples and his time on earth was ending for this, for this season. In John 21, it says they saw Jesus and he had prepared food for them. He prepared a breakfast on the beach for them. And then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. And as soon as Simon Peter heard him say, It is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him and he jumped into the water. And the other disciples in the boat, towing their net of fish, for they were not far from the shore, about a hundred yards. And when they landed, they saw a fire burning with coals and fish on it and some bread. And Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish you just caught. And so Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. And it was full of large fish, about 153. But even then, there were so many in the net, but it was not torn. And Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast with me. And none of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? For they knew it was the Lord. And Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them, and the same with the fish. And now this was the third time that Jesus appeared to the disciples as he was raised from the dead. And here, Jesus reinstates Peter and, and shows, to, it's a public display, that Peter was forgiven. So when they finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know I love you. And Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he said, Yes, Lord, you know I love you. And Jesus said, Take care of my sheep. And a third time. So for every time that Peter denied Jesus, Jesus confirmed his love towards Simon and Simon's love towards him. He was reinstating him. And the third time he said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was hurt because John asked him a third time, Do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all things and you know I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. For very truly, I tell you, when you were younger and dressed yourself, you went where you wanted to go. But when you're old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. And Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death with which Peter would glorify God. And then he said to him, follow me. He was telling him, feed my sheep. He was entrusting the people, the disciples that believed in Jesus Christ, all of those that were going to be left on earth as Jesus ascended into Peter's care, showing that he was forgiven, that Jesus loved Peter, and that Jesus was entrusting these people, his sheep, his very own children, with the care of Peter. So Jesus himself, he did not hope in his own humanity. He said, he didn't trust. He said, not my will, but yours. It, his flesh did not want to go to the cross. He, he knew what he was going to have to suffer as he died, but he didn't trust in his own humanity. He said, the spirit's willing, but it's the flesh that's weak. And he did not trust in other people. He did not put his trust in other people. And he did not hold a grudge or hold back forgiveness when those who were supposed to be there for him betrayed him, disowned him, acted inappropriately towards him. But his hope was in his Father. His hope was in God. 
so that despair in, in others, that appropriate despair in others and in his own humanity, it empowered him to be able to rest in his own death, burial and resurrection. It allowed him to go to the cross for the joy that was set before him for all those who would believe in him. So again, the appropriate despair, it brings us into a depth a depth of his love, a depth of his insight, saying, God, I have no hope without you. I'm not putting my hope in myself. I'm not putting my hope in my own humanity. I'm not putting my hope in my own finances or my own intellect. I'm not putting my hope in my family or the government of the nation that you place me in. But my hope and my reliance is fully on you. So that is the word in season this week. That the, the first thing that we talked about was an appropriate biblical despair, not to, hoping in myself or in others, to take us out of the shallow end, to bring us into a deeper and greater trust of who he is. The less I rely on myself, the greater the room and the capacity, the depth that it will allow for him to take me and to lead me into the deep things of God. So thank you for watching the Words in Season podcast. Remember that every time you open the Bible, which is the Word of God, the one true living God, that Jesus always has a word in season for you. God bless you.